Greetings, Sci-Fi Universe. Owen Cotter here. Join me, your host, as we discuss all things geek chic and out of this world on Sci-Fiction Radio, your galactic transmission portal to all things science fiction and beyond. Welcome to Sci-Fiction Radio. On today's show, we have actor and author David J. Fielding. Hold on while he joins the show shortly. David, you there? I'm here, sir. How are you? Doing good. Welcome to the show, man. How are you doing today? I'm all right. I'm all right. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Well, let's get started here. For the listeners, for everybody, you're most notably known for playing the character of Zordon in 40 or more episodes of the hit TV series, The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Just curious, can you tell everyone how you got the role of Zordon and for people that might be new to the series, what the plot of the show is about exactly? Sure. Uh, Well, uh, the plot of the series is basically um, five teenagers who are granted uh, superhero powers by uh, uh, Zordon, who is this interdimensional being, uh, who grants them their superpowers so they can defend Earth from uh monstrous threats or or intergalactic threats or or whatever um <clears throat> i moved out to los angeles in the fall of 92 or august of 92 and i had a number of friends who were living out there at the time um from my undergraduate college and so i had a network of friends and two months after i had been there a friend from my undergraduate college who had who had done some work for saban entertainment who was who was the creators of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers said they're having auditions for this TV show and I think you'd be perfect for it and I thought okay it's just going to be like any other audition there's going to be like 500 guys I'll go in I'll leave for two or three minutes go home and and that'll be it um, but when I arrived at the offices of Saban in North Hollywood uh, it was just me and this other guy and oh, wow. I don't remember his name but. Yeah, I don't remember his name, but I think he went on to do uh, other voices on the show, other characters on the show. Um, So he went in first and read for the producers, the directors, and all the other cast members who had already been cast, all the original Rangers. Um, Mm -hmm. And then he was in there for 20, 25 minutes. And then he came out and they brought me in and they introduced me to everybody and they actually had me stand up on a table in front of them so that I could, like, I guess, (laughs) pretty much how it is in the show where they're always looking up at Zordon. Right. um, And read the part. And I had been looking over the lines previously. And uh, because it was just me and this other guy auditioning for it, I could hear him rehearsing how he was going to do the part across the room from me. And the way he was reading it was very sort of like high-pitched, very... um, I don't know why he went that direction with it. It was really sort of strange. Uh, but I thought, well, this is a this is supposed to be a leader character, a mentor, somebody who's supposed to inspire these kids. So he needs to have this really deep, resonant uh, voice. And that's that's the voice I used in the audition. And I remember very clearly um, Jason St. John sitting down there and goes, well, I think we found our Zordon. And I went home, and then like an hour and a half later, I got a phone call telling me that I got the part. And... It was interesting because at that time, it was just something that they were doing for a pilot. It hadn't been picked up. It hadn't been bought by Fox yet. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. and then like a month later, I went down to some 
some warehouse in, in North Hollywood and they had set up a uh you know, the lights and the cameras and they had a big green screen and they they shaved all my hair off and, and glued my ears back and uh used makeup to make my eyebrows uh go up a little bit better and then uh, I spent like five hours in front of the green screen just doing different takes of the lines and uh that kind of thing and then then we heard, like, I think, like, a month later that Fox had gone, you know, given it the green light and had picked it up. Mm. So I'd been in Los Angeles for two months, and then I got a part of a TV show. So, I mean, that was pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty awesome, man. Wow. So your yeah. character was in was 40 or more episodes of the show. They used your face throughout the entire series, though, am I correct? That's correct. And, until um, I forget the character's name, he, uh, Zordon tells him to break his tube and the energy that is released... Uh, destroys all the putties and turns all the good, the bad guys into good guys. Uh, it was it was they right. used my face throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And and, at the, and when they they shattered the tube, if I remember right, that was when uh, it like rippled through the universe and like all the good his energy would like heal everything and all that. That's pretty cool. Now, this year celebrates the 20th anniversary of the Power Rangers. Just curious, what are some of your favorite moments from the show? Um. The first time I was with my friends when it when it was broadcast on Saturday morning television, uh, I think it was like I want to say like eight o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, and I had a I was around a bunch of my friends, and to, and to see the show start and to see your name, you know, broadcast was was pretty fun. Um, actually, filming the episode, the interesting thing is they they never filmed me again after that. They just recycled the footage that they had shot that first day over and over for the character. Uh, because that saved them money from a production standpoint. Sucked as an actor, but <laughs> you know, from from their point of view, it was great. Um, and then I just went into the recording studio and just recorded whatever lines that needed to be read for those episodes. Um, but I, I I I found out pretty quickly that I wasn't very happy being in L.A. Had I had I stuck it out, had I had I lived there a little bit longer, I probably would have ended up uh, writing episodes for the show. I had a, I had a fairly decent relationship with Tony Oliver, who was the head writer at the time. And, uh, uh, had pitched some ideas for episodes and, and, uh, oh, well. so I was kind of, uh, moving in that direction, but I, I found I, di- I didn't like living in LA. So I left. Hmm. Well, uh, just, I understand what you on that, man. In your own words, what message do you think the series strives to convey to the viewer as the overall message? Uh, I think the overall message is that uh, through teamwork, um, through belief in yourself and in your friends, you can conquer anything. And um, this this year I'm at Power Morphicon. They invited me down as a special guest for Power Morphicon, so I'll be in I'll be in Pasadena in August for that. And uh, I, I've been asked this question a number of times by fans and other people. I mean, I think the show was really a positive thing. Uh, I know in the early part of it there was some controversy about how violent it was, but if you, if you know the show, the the Power Rangers never started anything. They were always responding to a threat, and right. um, the, the overall message of the show was, you know, helping others, defending others, and uh, just instilling belief. And I was at a con, I think a year ago, two years ago, a Tech a Show Con in, in Pittsburgh, PA, and um, there were a number of uh, people in the audience who just wanted to let me know that how positive the show was from they were they were going through a rough time. Either their parents were getting a divorce or they grew up without a father. And 
how the show really sort of helped them deal with that kind of stuff. And I thought, well, that's such a, a great positive thing. And, and um, mm-hmm. that's really what I am most proud of about the show is that it is, it is a positive thing. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, wow. Gee, wow. Well, uh, there's talks of a. There and actually, well, first off, you you said you go to Power Morphicon. How, is that some of your first conventions, or have you been to a lot of them? And if so, what what is it like uh, exactly? No, I, I actually haven't uh, because um, I'm. I, I concentrate a lot on my writing these days, uh, and haven't. I, I still do a lot of like stage acting and stuff, but don't do any sort of like camera acting or anything like that. Um. And for a long time, I was I was out of touch with anybody that was involved with the show, and um, uh, just recently, over, over the last four or five years, I've been uh, getting a lot of people asking, you know, well, where's Zordon? You know, all that kind of thing. And so, um, it's it's very strange to me, uh, not not in a bad way, just very sort of like very humbling and and very. Um, strange to be uh, seen as a figure of pop culture, which is what a lot of all these conventions about is going to, you know, see these people that you like in TV shows. And um, so I've I've only, uh, Power Morphicon will actually only be my my second convention that I've ever been to. uh, The first one being at Tech Showcon in in Pittsburgh. Um, So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what it's like on a a bigger scale. Uh, Because the one in, I think, Power, Power Morphicon this year, I think they've got 83 guests from the show to oh, wow. all 20 people. Um, so it'll be interesting to, to see them and meet them and, and just to, to meet the fans and stuff. And um, like I said, it's very humbling. and it's, um, it's kind of an honor in a way to, to be there. So That's pretty cool, man. So, so this is your first Power Morphicon, I guess it's like you said. Yes, it is. It's my first, yes. And That's they were they were pretty excited about it. Yeah, they were pretty excited because Zordon has never been there before. I think this is the fourth year, and they've had other guests, but this is the first time that Zordon has been there. So, apparently, wow, you're enjoying that, man. That's gonna be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Look, you, you mentioned you're an author as well. You've done several books. Um, there, now you can tell us about those as well. We'd like to hear about that. There's a new book out recently, I believe you contributed to. That's based off the. Uh, the real popular uh, uh, steampunk. What's your contribution, curious, to that project? And can you tell everybody about that book exactly and anything about your other books as well? Sure. Um, uh, the name of that book is Capes and Clockwork, uh, Superheroes in the Age of Steam. It's um, mm-hmm. uh, a number of stories uh, where authors had um, tried to create superheroes in the time of steampunk, which is generally around the Victorian age, so like the late 1880s all the way through like Mm the 1930s, um, where the main power source is, of course, steam. Um, Right. uh, I'm trying to think of some examples. Well, like uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, both the book and the film, it's very sort of steampunk. So that's the kind of visual you have for it. Yeah, that's the kind of visual you have for it. Um, And my story at, uh, at The Quiet Limit of the World is about a... A uh, superhero called the Harrier, who has a set of retractable wings, and uh, he's a flying superhero, and and he confronts a sort of uh, pseudo Nazi who has a uh, super weapon that he's trying to, to destroy New York with. So um, nice. 
it, yeah, it, it's a really it's a really great collection of stories. The authors were all the stories were such fun to read. Um, the other couple of stories that I have published um, are through SourcePoint Press. Um, mm-hmm. They they're a small publisher out of Michigan, uh, and they published two chapters of my superhero novel. Uh, one called Girl Power, which is sort of like a about a Wonder Woman type character, and the other one is called Dust, which is uh, told from the point of view of a New York shopkeeper who. Um, is an eyewitness to a massive explosion in the middle of downtown that may have been uh, a anti-hero superhero who exploded himself and destroyed the building. But, um, oh, wow. Uh, the, yeah, both of those stories were about how would real-world people react to somebody who had powers in their midst and, and how um, we all love superheroes and, and, and they're, you know we all aspire to be like a superhero, but they also can have sort of a dangerous side to them and... Um, how they how they use that determines on how we how we view them. So, right. Well, I totally agree with you on that, man. Now, now, curious. While you're growing up as a kid, you mentioned like uh, superheroes and stuff. Are there any particular characters in, like TV or comic books or movies that you enjoyed reading or watching? And if so, what might those be? Uh, Captain America. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I can't. I can't tell. I I can't tell you how giddy I get um, to see. Cap and the rest of the Avengers being treated with such, um, they're doing such a great job with those movies, and to see those characters come to life in a in a almost believable mm-hmm. way that you know this could happen to you know, um, it's so great to see them being treated seriously and um, fun as well. I mean, those movies are so fun, and Captain America mm-hmm. and the Winter Soldier was just such an awesome movie. <laughs> that was um, a really awesome movie. Yeah, I mean, so you know, Cap Cap is my big one. Um, oh gosh, uh, I I kind of fall on on the Marvel side where where I really like those characters a lot. But I mean, there there are so many from the DC side uh, that huh? I enjoy as well. Um, my biggest one from DC happens to be Constantine, um, the Hellblazer. So, um, now that was the one I, that they did the Keanu Reeves based on, right? Or am I wrong on that? Right, right. That, yeah, and you know that the movie isn't great, and it, and it's not really John Constantine. I mean, it's a nice take on him, but it's not really him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what they do with the TV series that's coming out this fall. Um, oh, that's that right. Fall, yeah, that's that seems to be falling more in line with what the character's about. Um, so. Yeah, I mean it's it's really great to have grown up reading all that stuff and now seeing it become, you know, so popular and being you know, like I said, it's it's being treated with um respect and, and serious now and and um they're they're doing such a good job because they are they are trying to present them in a positive but with a um uh a tempered seriousness to it too. It's like you know, okay, you know, trying to address some some really serious issues with these characters because they can. Right. Yeah, I love these movies. Uh, just out of curiosity, I know they're doing a new Avengers movie. What would you? I don't know much about it because I mean, I know a little bit, but they've kept it like kind of hush hush, like they do with these movies these days. Uh, right. What would you like to see in this new movie? I know there's like going to be uh, Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, which I believe were part of the original. Uh, 
they didn't start off being really good friends with the Avengers. But uh, what, what do you right. think that movie? Are you looking forward to that movie? And also, what are some of the other movies they've already done that you enjoyed? You know, aside from the Avengers. Um, I, I really the new the new Avengers movie is going to be exciting because they're bringing Ultron yeah. into it. Um, Ultron oh, is yeah. such a uh, a big villain for the Avengers, and also because it 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 ties in with a character that they haven't introduced yet into the Marvel Universe, um, which is Hank Pym, um, who oh, is on deep. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he is on a sort of scientific mm-hmm. genius level on par with Tony Stark. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see how they work that into the whole Marvel mythology and, and what they're going to do with that. Um, I was disappointed to hear that Edgar Wright left the Ant-Man film because I was really looking forward to what his take on that would be. Um, right. Uh, Matthew Vaughn uh, and his work with Kick-Ass I thought was, you know, so really great. Uh mm-hmm. You know, there are things about Kick-Ass which are a little bit too violent for my taste, but, I mean, it's it's really sort of a nice take on, you know, what would happen to people if they did start putting on costumes and walking around. Um, right. But uh, getting yeah, back to... I agree uh, with you on that, with the violent stuff, yeah. by the way, especially the second film was just pretty violent. I was thinking about that the other day when I was I watched a piece of it, and it was just... I remember going to see the movie. first one wasn't as violent, but the second one was pretty pretty out there, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> that, I, I don't... I'm, I'm not a fan of... of slasher films or torture porn or, or anything like that. I think that's really sort of unhealthy, but I mean, I right. understand that there's a market for it and people like to be scared and that kind of thing, but I'm not really sure if right. it's sending the right message to, to people. Um, mm. uh, but I, I really enjoyed all of the Marvel films, the uh, the Phase 1 and Phase 2, the you know, Iron Man and Thor and, and Cap and... Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited to see what what Netflix does with the um, uh, the Daredevil and Iron Fist and Luke Cage because uh, they're really setting that up for the Defenders, which is you know the West Coast version of the Avengers. And um, right. So it, it's really like I said. I mean, it's such a great time to be a comic book fan, superhero fan, because they are they are coming to life right in front of you, and, that, and that's really fantastic. Yeah, I agree. It's like pop culture mythology. It's almost, and they've really treated it the Marvel Universe as, and of course the DC too, like with Man of Steel, but they've really taken it as like a serious, you know, not hokey or anything. They really put in a mythology that people, like you said, can believe and it's, you know, out there. Now, there was an old Daredevil movie, I remember, with Ben Affleck, and, you know, they got this new series mm-hmm. that they're going to, you know, the Netflix stuff. Curious, what's your opinions on, you know, I know they had uh, all these Batman over the years, like the 75th anniversary, and now Ben Affleck's going to be Batman. What would you like to see in the new Superman-Batman movie? I know they've got a little bit different story. What would you like to see in that? Is there anything you're looking forward maybe to in that when that comes up? Sure. I, w- I would love to, for them to really do what it seems like they're doing, which is taking Frank Miller's Dark Knight, mm-hmm. the older Batman who has been through years of fighting all this stuff and is kind of jaded and cynical, and um, see how he reacts to this uh, super being. Because and, and, I know that they're setting up Justice League. Uh, they just announced um, 
Jason Moma cast as Aquaman in that, and um, they have Gal Gadot playing uh, Diana Prince, Wonder Woman. So um, I would really like to see their take on Batman in that to be more like in line with Miller's Dark Knight, which is this seasoned, battered warrior who has this arsenal of just unstoppable... And, and that that's Batman's superpower. It's his, he's, he's just, uh, he just won't quit. Right. You know, he's got such willpower, and he just will not quit. And mm-hmm. um, so that that's what I would like to see. I would like to see, you know, there's this Superman who is, um, you know, such a force, and then you have Batman who is just unstoppable. And you see those two come together would be very interesting. Yeah, that'd be super cool. I, I I don't know if you've seen the new Batmobile, the teaser picture they did with uh, Batman yeah. sitting next, but it's so cool. It looks like a cross between the uh, Tumblr from the new movies and the old, old, older one from like the Tim Burton era with like Michael Keaton. That's just really neat, man. Right. Yep. Yep. That was pretty. I was pretty kind of cool. Neat how I know. You know, What's that? I said it's kind of neat how they're you know giving an acknowledgement to to both. Uh, iterations right. that we've already seen in the film. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I love the... Uh, I just want to get your opinion on this. So if they if they did the Avengers, like Phase 1, Phase 2, do you think... And I guess they're gearing up almost, it seems like, for a Phase 1 um, uh, Justice League for the DC Universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, just curious out of that, are there any other characters you'd like to see, like, them, like, maybe, like... Uh, I don't know, like, there's several ones, but are there any characters you like to see besides Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and the usual, you know, the usual uh, entourage there? Um, well, it's it's interesting because uh, when when I first saw the first Iron Man film, um, mm. they did something that no other super film, superhero film had done before that, which was they acknowledged that there were other beings living in the same movie, even though you right. didn't see it. Um, because before that we had Fantastic Four and they were by themselves. There was Spider-Man and he was by himself. And there was Batman who was by himself. And Or there was Superman and he was by himself. But right. you know, Iron Man was the first one where they said, okay, there's a bigger world and we're going to show you that. And as a fan, that was like, thank you. You finally did what we asked for all these years is, is to say, <laughs> when do we get to see these all of these guys on screen at the same time? And, That's all. Um, I think I think Warner has been I don't know if it's just you know copyright or or legal issues mm-hmm. about who owns what character and stuff like that and I don't even want to get into that uh, <laughs> snaggletooth of whatever that legal cost is but um, as 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 a reader of, of the comic books and growing up with them you know that all of these characters are in the same mm-hmm. city or you know they, you know they they know who they are you know or, or whatever. And to finally right. have a, a major film come out and say, yes, there are the Avengers, and you're, mm. going, you're going to see that. And then, you know, to see that mm. grow and become that was just so awesome. And it'll be exciting to see how um, how uh, Zack Snyder and, and um, mm. Christopher Nolan and all those guys who are, who are behind the scenes of, of doing what, what's going on with DC, you know, how they acknowledge that. Uh, right. Because when they first announced uh, the sequel to Man of Steel, it was sort of like going to be Batman versus Superman. And now it's yeah. sort of morphed into this, we're going to introduce you to the Justice League. 
and yeah, um, awesome. seeing, seeing Arrow on TV and the upcoming Flash TV series. I mean, it's it's just you know it's a great time to be a comic book fan. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So you, you mentioned the Arrow and the Flash series. I, I know the Arrow's been out for a while. Have you seen the new any of the new Flash? And if so, what are your opinions on that compared to like the old ninety um, one or some based on the comic? I I saw the teaser trailer for for the series and. Um, okay. I, I think they're handling it really well, um, from what I've seen. Uh, of course, it, you know it could fall apart in, in episodes, but um, I'm excited to see where where they go with it. Um, it's just right. like Agents of Shield on TV started off kind of slow, and then by the end of it, you're like, "What the heck?" Yeah, um, it builds up momentum. And, yeah, yeah. So, and what was great about uh, Agents of Shield is that they tied it into the movies. So, oh yeah, you know they've. They're creating this whole big multimedia universe, and it's just really awesome. <laughs> you know. It really is. Really, it's like interlaced, and it's all you know. It's all you know, really solid. You know, it's got that's all mythological, like the pop culture mythological. They just, but they've taken it seriously, like you said, and it's just really, it's really looking, really looking well. I like the way they've gone with Agents of Shield too. You know, usually the shows, like you said, take a little bit of while to build momentum and then once it takes off it's just the stories get fantastic you know the characters they can introduce more characters you mentioned Aquaman in the DC universe just curious like what would you like to be seen I know they tried to do a I believe a series a while ago real quick and just uh, talk about that a little bit um, well I, I hope they do uh, Aquaman mm. the way he's been done since like I guess maybe the mid 90s where uh because for the longest time, Aquaman was the joke, right? I mean, he, you know, hey, mm. go talk to some fish or, or whatever, and the whole uh, Super Friends thing. Um, but Aquaman <laughs> is, uh, he's hes DC's Submariner. He is this, he's a king, and he mm. has, you know, a kingdom to defend, and um, he has a lot of... Um, environmental struggles and, and eco struggles and, and then having to, you know, deal with not only humans but all these other superpower beings that just sort of like see his ocean as free territory and it's right. not. So I mean I, I hope they do a really sort of um not necessarily a dark take, but somebody who is not mm. I put it. Um, some, somebody who who can stand toe to toe everybody else. Um, right, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's that's what I would like to see. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree with you on that. It's got to have them all, you know, where they can all use their powers and unite together to do stuff. Where they're all kind of playing against, you know, not against, but you know, with each other to you know unite to do their thing. Now, I just wanted your opinion on this. I know there's talks of doing a new Power Rangers movie. What are your opinions on this? I know you talked about Aquaman not being darker. I mean, I know they're kind of going real dark these days, a lot of these movies. What would you like to see if and when that were to take place? And do you think you'd be a part of that or would like to be a part of something like that? Uh, I w- yeah, I would I would love for them to, you know, um, to call me up and say, "Would you like to be a part of it?" I would, I would love to do that. I, I don't, I don't expect that. But I mean, um, if if they're going to do the Power Rangers these days, I think they have to sort of 
take a look mm-hmm. at um, some of those uh, kids' TV shows that are, are becoming movies now, like the Transformers. Um, and right. that's not necessarily... Because when you look at the Transformers cartoon versus Michael Bay's Transformers on, on the screen, uh, mm-hmm. it's such a different thing. Um, oh, yeah. And the same thing with with the Ninja Turtles. Uh, apparently, the you know this this new version that's coming out is a little bit darker, and and they look more uh, you know mutated, or they don't look as comic book friendly like they did from the nineties yeah. one. What I hope they do with the Power Rangers is keep that sense of what was positive mm-hmm. about it, but then also update it for the audience that's that wants to see a little bit more of a realistic take, not such uh, necessarily a a fun and, and corny take that they had, even though that was part of the charm of watching the show is you'd have these completely bizarro creatures that they would fight. And, um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was, you know, it was, you know, there were also real threats. I mean, you know, buildings were being knocked over and stuff like that. So, right. um, I, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of like to see it updated for that kind of, uh, add, you know, just a little bit more realism to it. Mm. Well, we have a little bit of time left. I want to ask you one quick question and a follow-up. Uh, you're also you're also in a series called Super Task Force One. I don't really know much about that, but I think you played a character called Doctor Yuzuki. Just real quick, what is that series about? Can you tell us a little bit about oh. your character in that show? Uh, yes, uh, that was a, because I was living at the time, and, and the director Steve mm-hmm. uh, Radinsky uh, was living there. Uh, he found out that I was uh, played Zordon, and he was a huge Power Ranger fan, and he wanted me to. Uh, have a part in this in this film, um, so I said sure, no problem, and just you know showed up at his house and and he was doing everything on such a tight limited budget. I mean, it was it was guerrilla filmmaking at best. So I mean, it was really sort of a fan film uh, homage to Power Rangers and the the Sentai kind of stuff. And my my character was just basically uh, somebody who helped design the the Power Ranger like. Uh, morphers that uh, create these uh, super characters that are hopefully going to be in the next coming series. Um, and that was about it. I, I left Pittsburgh last fall because I terminated my position, so I didn't have any I didn't have any work, um, and wasn't really sure if I wanted to stay in Pittsburgh. I wanted to concentrate on my writing, so I came back down here to Texas and visit family. So I'm, I'm not sure where Steve's going to take the rest of the series. Gotcha, gotcha. And you, well, you also you mentioned you also did you've done video game work. Real quick, could you tell us a little about some of the projects you've done with that? Sure. Um, in the early two thousands, I was living in outside of Boston, Boston, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and uh, applied for a job at Impressions Games as a as a QA tester. And while I was working for them, I also was able to do voice work and provide voices for the games they were making. And they did a lot of city-building games, like Caesar Three, Zeus, Poseidon, and I oh, provided right. all of the. Yeah, I provided the the narration, the mission. Uh, this is what you need to do for this mission, and some of the character mm-hmm. voices for like Zeus and Poseidon. And then I also did work for Stainless Steel Studios, which did the uh, real-time strategy game Empire Earth. And oh, did wow. a lot of the unit dialogue and the mission dialogue for for the missions for that game, 
And then I worked for a time for another company called Mad Doc Software, and they did the sequel to Dungeon Siege called Dungeon Siege Legends of Arana. And I helped mm-hmm. write the story and the dialogue and provided voices for that as well. Um, yeah. So that's that's, that's awesome, man. Well, so you were yeah. the voice of Zeus. <laughs> wow, in the yeah. voice of Zordon. That's awesome, two Zs, man. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Man. Doing these uh, sort of, uh, you know, quasi-godlike yeah. characters, though. That's pretty cool. That's that's totally cool, man. Well, just right quick, do you have any, like, website links or information you'd like to give out for people to find out more about you and your projects? Um, well, I, I do have a Zordon page on Facebook, so if they want to, you know, hit up Zordon there and, and say hi, I'd be more than happy to say hi back. Awesome. Well, David, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show, man, and I really enjoyed talking with you about you and your projects. Sure. Thanks very much for having me. You're most welcome, man. You take care, my friend. All right. I'll see you later.